श्री हरिदास ठाकुर की जाए ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवत भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत Before reciting our Shrimad Bhagavatam, which is our very means of conquest, one should offer respectful obeisances to the personality of God in Narayana, Narayana Rishi, the supermost human being, the Mother Saraswati, the Goddess of Learning, and the Sri Vyasadeva, the author. नष्टप्रायश्वद्रेशु नष्टप्रायश्वद्रेशु In loving service to the personality of God, his praise of transcendental songs is established as an irrevocable fact. Three. <coughs> Reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto Three, Status Quo, Chapter Fourteen, Pregnancy of Diti in the Evening, Text Twenty-Three. Please repeat. Esha, Esha, Goratama, Goratama, Vela, Vela, Goranam, Goranam, Goradarshana, Goradarshana, Charanti, Charanti, Yasyang, Yasyang, Bhutani, Bhutani, Bhuteshya Nucharani, Ha, Bhuteshya Nucharani, Ha. Esha Goratma Vela, Esha Goratma Vela, Goranam Goradarshana, Goranam Goradarshana, Charanti Yashyang Bhutani, Charanti Yashyang Bhutani, Bhuteshanu Charaniha, Bhuteshanu Charaniha, Esha Goratma Vela, Esha Goratma Vela. गोरानम गोरदर्शनाशानुचरा 
word for com- compañero, compañero. I guess that doesn't relate to Sanskrit too much. Anucharani. <laughs> ha, ha. Indeed. Indeed. Ha. Ha. Yeah. Trans- translation by his divine grace, Shiva Prabhupada. This particular time is most inauspicious, Kashyapa, Kashyapa, talking to Ditti. This particular time is most inauspicious because at this time the horrible-looking ghosts and constant companions of the Lord of the ghosts are visible. Purport. Kashyapa has already told his wife Ditti to wait for a while 
And now he warns her that failure to consider the particular time will result in punishment from the ghosts and evil spirits who move during this time, along with their master, Lord Rudra. Everybody know who Lord Rudra is? Shiva, Lord Shiva, Shiva, Shiva. Is it Shiva or Shiva? (laughs) (laughs) Popularly Shiva. Prabhupada said Shiva. The next verse, text 24, tomorrow's verse is Lord Shiva, the king of the ghosts, sitting on the back of his bull carrier. We'll hear that tomorrow. Lord Shiva or Rudra is the king of the ghosts. It's kind of interesting. Bless you. Interesting that this word Gora is so often three times in the, in the Sanskrit of this verse. Rudra is the form of Lord Shiva. Oh. Eleven form. Oh, yeah. I'll put this on the side for you. You know, I, I, I read things about that, huh? Rudra is a form of or Lord Shiva. Is it a subtle form of her? And there are 11 Rudras, mm-hmm. that is Shiva's manifestation. Yeah, I've read that, but why the why should there be 11 forms? I mean, what is the purpose of that? I, I, don't, I haven't figured it out. I mean, it must be some reason. Um, Yeah, I was just going to mention this word Gora, translate, sounds like it means horrible. It's translated that way here, horrible. There's another verse in the beginning of the Srimad Bhagavatam, the first chapter. The sages of Naimishayana are speaking there. There's a nice verse. This word is in there. Apanat samshmitin Gora. Yannama vivisho grinna. Everybody remember that verse? Know what that means? Apanak means entangled. Sangshmitin means in uh, birth and death, cycle of birth and death. Goran. Here it's translated as horrible. The other, in that verse, he, Srila Prabhupada translated as too complicated. So it's kind of like. Huh? We call Ghor Kali Yuga means Jeep Kali Yuga. Gora is also horrible. Yes. So the complication of our material going around and especially in this age, it is horrible and it is complicated. <coughs> so often assumption being going, Yanama Vivishel Grin. Vivishel means uh, unconsciously is translated there. Vishal Grinan means to chant. So this verse says that uh, for one who is entangled in the too much complicated meshes of this material existence, can at once be liberated by even unconsciously chanting the holy names of the Lord, which is feared by fear personified. Everyone fears the Supreme Person to a certain extent, just like you have a boss in a company or leader of a temple or something. Everybody may, you know, we may have good feelings of cooperation, but there has to be some idea that this is a superior person, some respect and a little bit of fear somewhere. There's another verse in the Bhagavatam that 
It says, uh, is actually Krishna states, um, is, is under by my will that the wind blows out of fear of me, the sun shines out of fear of me. Um, Lord Indra, the Lord of showers, sends forth rains out of fear of me. Fire burns out of mere. Did I already say that? The sun shines out of fear of me. Fire burns out of fear of me. And death goes about taking its toll out of fear of me. So all the demigods are performing their duties. And I mean, I, I mean, there's, so anyway, you get the point. There's some, some, uh, how did I start thinking about that? Hmm. Anyway, so the holy name is feared by Fear personified, fear personified would be Amaraj, I assume, Lord of Death. So the holy name is so powerful. I was thinking about the power of the holy name because just in my mind I was thinking, well, this situation between Diti and Kashyap Muni, you know, she so easily diverts his mind from his practice and gets him ready for, you know, to have some sex. And, uh, Material, at least when I was growing up, I, like if dogs were doing this kind of thing, you might throw cold water on them if you didn't like what they were doing. Or even people know that, um, you know, I have a friend who complains, you know, sometimes I get this just really fever for sex, you know, I can't, it's hard to really deal with it, you know, it just like disturbs my whole life. Well, take a cold shower. People don't know how to take cold showers. I think we're also spoiled now. We think, oh, shower, that means hot water. It's horrible to take a cold shower. But actually that works, you know, for this kind of thing. <laughs> but even better than the cold shower is shelter of the holy name, which is feared by fear personified. So it's like, uh, you know, this whole thing. If people had this, uh, and Srila Prabhupada is trying to give us that. Here, just take shelter. Whatever is wrong in life, Take shelter of the holy name. I brought something that was uh, it's from a comes from Adi Purana. It was sent to me by text message from His Grace Premi Bhakta Prabhu, who's in Niles, Michigan. Niles, Michigan is a little town on the border near South Bend, Indiana, which is the home of Notre Dame. Our Lady, the Notre Dame campus. Anyway, he's he's there chanting the holy names daily. He's really sincere devotee. Sent me this these verses called the Namaiva Parama Bhakti, and uh, there's quoted there's a book called the Nectarian Ocean of the Holy Name by Swami Satchidananda. Satchidananda, he's our discount. Such Swami. There's four verses in Sanskrit, or actually five. And I was going to read the Sanskrit, maybe I'll spare you that. It, it repeats many times, Nanama Sadrisham Gyanam. Anybody know what the word Sadrisham in Sanskrit means? There's another favorite verse of ours, Sadrisham. Nahi Gana Sadrisham. There's nothing to compare with transcendental knowledge. 
In this world, this is the verse, there is nothing so sublime and pure as transcendental knowledge. So the Sanskrit is nothing to compare, sadrishyam, na sadrishyam. So these verses are all built around that. Na nama sadrishyam gyan, na nama sadrishyam vratam, na nama sadrishyam jnanam, na nama sadrishyam palam. So it goes on and on and on. These are five verses. And the English goes, there is no vow like chanting the holy name, no knowledge superior to it, no meditation which comes anywhere near it. It gives the highest result. No penance is equal to it. Nothing is as potent or powerful as the holy name. Chanting is the greatest act of piety and the supreme refuge. Even the words of the Vedas do not possess sufficient power to describe its magnitude. Is this inspiring? <laughs> A little bit. We have to practice this every day. It's good to hear something like this. <laughs> Chanting is the highest path to liberation. So easy. It's the highest path to liberation. All these yogis are trying so many terrible, difficult things. Not necessary. Chanting is the highest path to liberation, peace, and eternal life. It is the pinnacle of devotion, the heart's pro proclivity and attraction, and the best form of remembrance of the Supreme Lord. The Holy Name has appeared solely for the benefit of the living entities as their Lord and Master, their supreme worshipful object, worshipable object, and their spiritual guide and mentor. The Holy Name has appeared solely for the benefit of the living entities. It's another thing I was thinking of in relation to especially to this verse right here. Because it's referring to Lord Shiva and how he's the Lord of the ghosts and the, the hobgoblins, evil spirits, other places that are talked about hobgoblins, the horrible looking. Mm -hmm. When I was young, we didn't know if these things existed. Do you think they're ghosts? You believe in ghosts? That's one thing people say. You believe in ghosts? Why not? See, if you, if you don't really understand why this world, the purpose of it, why it's made, you know, for people to satisfy people's desires, and then to give the reaction so that they learn from bad desires, just like killing your body, killing your own body because you're dissatisfied with your life. It's like the other day we were talking about how it'd be like moving into an apartment and then you become unhappy with your apartment and so you just try to destroy the thing and move to another one. So that's against the law. It doesn't, the apartment didn't belong to you, you can't destroy it. So our bodies also don't belong to us. Anyway, in this modern materialistic world, we depend on the scientists to tell us what is what. And the scientists haven't told us they're a ghost, so we don't believe in them. Um, they can't find them in the laboratories. These ghosts and horrible beings. But in the hospitals, they know they're there. In the, in the intensive care units, they sometimes come. And the nurses hear the patients scream, No! Get them away from me! Get me out of here! The nurses, they hear this. You know, they, people dying all the time, week after week, year after year. And nurses working there for years. And they see that. So uh, the Lord, Krishna is so kind, he's, he's uh, 
you know, given this this um, Lord Shiva, who is uh, he's like a patron saint to these kind of people that are in gross ignorance. Gross ignorance came up in my mind. I guess I think I've told this before, but we had a young fellow in San Diego who moved into our temple, and he had been working for a nonprofit. He seemed like a very clean, tall, really handsome young guy. 20 years old, great, he wants to be a Hare Krishna devotee. He's working for nonprofits. Turned out he had moved from the East Coast because he had a thing happened with his girlfriend and he had slashed the tires of his best friend who he found with his girlfriend. Slashed his tires and, and left to go to the opposite end of the, con- the continent. <laughs> he came to San Diego and met the devotees. And so he's, He's trying to work and make money because San Diego's so expensive. He gets a job with a nonprofit because he's kind of a pious kid in a way, clean cut looking fellow. He's not making much money. He's trying to get it signatures or something, you know, maybe I don't know. So he comes to temple, and uh, it takes a while to get to know people, you know. But one of the things we we learned that he was really attached to his mother, and after a few months in the temple, he wanted to go see his mother back on the east coast. Okay, I'll be back in two or three weeks. So he goes, and there was also a concert there he wanted to see with his friends, rock concert. So when he comes back, he has poison ivy or poison oak over a lot of his body, especially down here where your underwear is. And what he had done, we're talking, I'm thinking of gross ignorance here. <laughs> Sorry if I've told this before too. Anyway, he was drinking. They wanted to get in this rock concert, but they didn't want to pay. They wanted, wanted to get in free. So they jumped over the fence. And on the other side of the fence, it was dark. They couldn't see that it was covered with poison ivy and poison oak. And just then he wanted to go to the bathroom. So he squats down and all that poison oak. <laughs> Two or three days later, he was in agony. He was just driven crazy. And he goes into the emergency room. And he tells the doctor, this is what he told me, told me in San Diego. He tells the doctor, I want this off my body now. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> Too bad. I don't think it's coming off right now. So how are your prescription? And he wrote a prescription for prednisone. This, you know, simple steroid, low-dose steroid. Cost five bucks. Take this two or three days, it'll be gone. Does he take it? No. He comes to San Diego, you know, this is a dumb ignorance, you know. But anyway, he came to San Diego, had all the sorrow room, and, but he still had the prescription, so we told him, please go have this, you know, instead of whining and not doing your service and being in ignorance, just get the prescription, take the medicine, it'll be gone in two days, which is what happened. So... Um, We talked about the gore, horrible. Oh, we're talking about the ghosts and uh, Lord Shiva is the, the patron saint of the, you know, this really ignorant, horrible looking. So they've done so many horrible things in the past. They're ghostly and they're horrible looking. You know, they get these reactions from from not following the scripture. I was listening to a. a lecture of Bhagavad Gita, Bhagavad Gita lecture of Srila Prabhupada and he said in former days the kings, the rulers, if people didn't follow the, the Vedic um, principles for 
you know, society and life that um, they killed people for that. You know, the punishment was death because when you divert from um, the rules for life, then you cause havoc for everyone. Just like this situation is going to cause huge havoc, these demons being born. And this Muni knows it. It said right in the Bhagavad Gita that the, the senses are so um, strong and impetuous. It's like a, a wind blowing a, a boat on the ocean. Hmm. They're so strong and impetuous that they can um, divert the mind even of a, um, uh, a man of knowledge, you know. Sri Prophet says, in the, you know, even the sages and great learned persons are, you know, sometimes bewildered by the, by the desire for sense gratification and whatnot. So we know that there, that's there. We talked about that yesterday a little bit, Daryl Prabhu's class. But, um, more, I get that. Mm. Well, back to Lord Lord Shiva. Lord Shiva, people um, that have a tendency towards ignorance, especially it seems to me that people from what I've experienced, people with a, that are fond of intoxication, they hear about Lord Shiva because right, he smokes marijuana and they are, you know, like to think of Lord Shiva as, yes, he's a, he's a great destroyer. He's a great controller of material energy. And he might be the supreme. People start thinking that Lord Shiva is the supreme. Lord Shiva himself tells his wife this nice verse, Satvam, how's it called? Satvam Vishudham Vasudeva Shabdatam. He tells her, I'm always in pure consciousness. It's called Vasudeva state. Anybody heard that? By the way, there's two words, Vasudeva and Vasudeva. Like we say, Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudeva. Vasudeva is Krishna, and Vasudeva is, is Vasudeva. And Vasudeva is. Vasudeva and Devaki are Krishna's father and mother. Yeah, Vasudeva. So the, the pure st consciousness of, of always thinking of Krishna, always understanding oneself as a servant of Krishna, wanting to do serve Krishna, it's called a Vasudev state of consciousness. So Lord Shiva tells his wife, <clears throat> in spite of the fact that people see him as looking, you know, dish, you know, kind of unkempt appearance, and he's got all these horrible looking creatures that follow him, he himself is always in this pure state of consciousness. He's telling his wife, Yadiyate means uncovered, and Iyate means revealed. So he's saying that in that pure state of consciousness, I can always see Krishna revealed without any covering. You know? This is like in my spiritual eye, I'm always seeing Krishna completely uncovered. I mean, not naked, but without the material covering. I can see through material illusion because I'm in always in this state of mind. In such a state of mind, I'm always offering my obeisances and respects to Lord Vasudeva. 
who is beyond the material senses. So um, <clears throat> that's the state of mind of Lord, Lord Shiva. And um, so this is what we are striving for to eliminate problems in our life. I was always thinking, also thinking that, uh, you know, it sort of sounds like rigid and, you know, um, not appealing that we train ourselves to some particular um, attitude towards sense gratification where we don't want to, you know, we, we always want to have a certain mentality and we can't enjoy material things, sense gratification. Can't we enjoy a little of this, a little of that? What is this? But it's been brought up before that it's just a matter of training. That if we train ourselves to do certain things, then there's no problem and things go smoothly. Just it's, you can compare it to, you know, driving on the on the right side of the road. People might say, well, I have my car. I bought my car. It's my car. I want to drive it anywhere I, I want to. You know, sometimes I might like driving through somebody's yard, whipping around in a circle and making a donut in somebody's yard. Sometimes people do that. <laughs> Call it making donuts. Because they do that in the South. <laughs> Those people have big yards. Sometimes people have a big grass yard, you know, and after a rain, it might be kind of wet and muddy. And if you get a nice SUV, you might decide to put a donut in somebody's front yard. <laughs> no, they don't do that in Tennessee. Other states, they do that. Georgia, Alabama, North Carolina. <laughs> so, um, hold the rebel, rebel flag out the window. <laughs> right in somebody's yard that they've, you know, been working on for months. Let me see. So yeah, we get, you know, there are rules how you're supposed to use your car. You paid a lot of money to the car, you own the car, and you're an American, so you have freedom to do whatever you like to. But actually you should drive on the right side of the road to avoid problems for, for the rest of the people, avoid killing people, <laughs> and, uh, you know, obey the traffic rules. And, you know, we don't even think about that. When I get in a car, I don't think about driving on another any differently than obeying the rules. Of course, there's so much traffic in Tucson these days that it wouldn't last very long if you didn't obey the rules. <laughs> but, um, so, Kashyap. So, Kashyap warns her that failure to consider the particular time will result in punishment from the ghosts and evil spirits who moved during this time, along with their master, Lord Rudra. <clears throat> Another thing that's not explicitly stated, but we get the idea that just the fact that there's uh, inauspiciousness says to me that there's, um, there's a system for... Um, and it's stated in the fifth canto, Kirovet um, probably was reading from the teachings of Lord Rishabdev yesterday, those verses. Farther on in the fifth canto, there's a, a section, the forest of enjoyment. Jadavara is speaking to this king, and uh, 
giving this long metaphor for material life. And uh, let's see where is that. 325, 42. Um, well, anyway, it talks in, in here in one of the purports about how the demigods are witnessing things. Maybe you've heard there are 12 witnesses to everything. Um, some of those are the day, the night, the, the dusk time, the, the dawn, the four directions, the sun and the moon, witnessing every everything we do. So, uh, Kashyap Muni is a Muni. He knows we're not going to get away. There's going to be reactions from this. We do this. And still, he can't. You know, he, he doesn't have the, you know, weakness of heart. Srila Prabhupada talks about that sometimes. Weakness of heart. This is our primary difficulty in this world is we have weakness of heart sometimes. We don't, are not able to get together the fortitude to do what should be done. We know what should be done or not to be done, but we we don't do it. Maybe I should read that verse in the second chapter. Uh, Where is that? That's 15. Is it? 15 chapters. Um, Wait a minute. I can get to it here. senses are so strong and impetuous, O Arjuna, they are forcibly carried away, that they forcibly carry away the mind even of a man of discrimination who is endeavoring to control them. There are many learned sages, philosophers, and transcendentalists who try to conquer the senses, but in spite of their endeavors, even the greatest of them sometimes fall victim to material sense enjoyment due to the agitated mind. Even Vishvamitra, a great sage and perfect yogi, was misled by Menaka into sex enjoyment, although the yogi was endeavoring for sense control with severe types of penance and yoga practice. And of course, there are so many similar instances in the history of the world. Therefore, it is very difficult to control the mind and senses without being fully Krishna conscious. Without engaging the mind in Krishna, one cannot see such material engagements. Srila Prabhupada says, Krishna consciousness is such a transcendentally nice thing that automatically material enjoyment becomes distasteful. It is as if a hungry man had satisfied his hunger by a sufficient quantity of nutritious eatables. Maharaj Amarish also conquered a great yogi, Durvasamuni, simply because his mind was engaged in Krishna consciousness. So we know when somebody falls down in a gross state of ignorance, they are not, you know, practicing Christian conscience to the, to the level that would keep them out of trouble. And maybe they're not associating with devotees enough. Maybe they don't have an acharya like Srila Prabhupada to tell us so many hints. What are the, you know, practical things we can do to keep ourselves straight every day? and to make our, our lives nice and simple 
without big problems, you know, without big dramas, without so many things we're saved from. Oh, um, Suresh Prabhu was saying we're saved from something. We're going to lunch the other day. Oh, it was probably me. We were talking about. We were going in a vegan place here, nearby. We're saved from so many things. Simply have to, you know, have faith that Srila Prabhupada is not. He's not trying to make problems for us by telling us to do all these things, like you know, our practices. He's actually trying to give us, you know, an easy life, a nice life. You just have to get used to it, like driving on the right side of the road. Get used to doing things that, that are proper to be done, and then it's no problem, really. You don't even think about it. After a while, you just do it. Ask Mother's Nummy how many times she thinks about doing the things, the practices she does. She doesn't think about it. She's telling me she, she doesn't think about getting up in the morning. She doesn't even set her alarm. Just It happens. At a certain time, she can't sleep past 3 or 3.30. I don't know what it is. That's which, you know. So just keep practicing. You know, it takes a while to practice, but I mean, to get things down. But eventually, it happens, becomes easy, and you get the reward. It also, speaks in the Bhagavad Gita about happiness in the different modes, under the different modes. What is what is, you know, uh, like honey in the beginning, becomes like what in the end. Happiness, it's just like honey in the beginning. It's, it's what in the end? Poison. Like poison. So something's easy, fun, delicious in the beginning. Think about it. It might cause you misery later. But something that's like poison in the beginning, like you might think, I don't think this, but I don't think any of you think of it. Is what we do like poison? People I think it's, oh, it's horrible. Get up in the morning, and, like that, you know, maybe take a cold shower. <laughs> Horrible. There was a young fellow who is kind of interesting, another young fellow. We, we get a chance to meet so many things. You and I talk about this. Meet so many people and experience so many things living in the temple we wouldn't otherwise get. There was one young fellow who came out. I always really had such hopes for this fellow. He was, looked like an American kid, Irish, red hair, heritage. But he had an interesting background. His father was Mexican. And so he had dual citizenship. And there was some trouble with his mother, maybe. I don't know. He was living in Mexico part of, part of the time across the border. He ended up, he needed a job. His father told him, join the army. Not the American army, the Mexican army. <laughs> Boy, I wouldn't have the nerve to do that. But he, this kid became a recruit in the Mexican army. <laughs> they did all kinds of amazing things. He told me about, but when he came to us and they told him, okay, what we do is we get up and take a cold shower because the morning program starts at 4.30, so get up at, at least by 4. I'm not going to do that, you know, he said, I'll do a lot of things, but I'm not doing that. I'm not taking any cold shower, he said. This guy was, um, he loved to do you know, practical things, he could fix plumbing. We had all these plumbing problems and he, he could just get in there. He was, he was only 18 years old, but he knew how to do so many things. And I thought, wow, this is great. You know, I just so much hope he can be a, a nice devotee, but some things he just hadn't, 
had a reaction against. He didn't want to even try it. Just try it, you know. I remember Dorito probably said, you know, first time I took a cold shower, I thought, I'm not going to be able to do this. But and you, once, after, after about two seconds in the shower, you get, your body gets used to it. And Dorito probably says, ah, I'm a yogi, you know, like that. Like he thought, yeah, I did it. So, uh, so it's just, you know, really, you think about it, how big a deal is that? Why should it? Why should you, uh, if you have an opportunity to do something that, that's like uh, going to help your process of practice, you know, um, why not try it? At least try it. Now, it may be bad for your body. People have different body types. And uh, like it may be the wrong thing for you. Some people know I have this bladder difficulty, and that was for... A, <clears throat> the, the medical doctors have said, we don't know why this is going on, you know, but I know why it was going on. Because I sat in cold water for so many years over there in San Diego doing this popular water sport that everybody's so excited about. Probably call them sufferers. Not surfers, but sufferers. <laughs> and the ocean's freezing cold over there, and I have almost no body fat. So what was I doing out there? for years in the wintertime sitting in cold water eventually it resulted in this reversal of the nervous uh, you don't have a suit on huh? you don't wear the suits yeah oh yeah i bundled up i mean it was cold but i was getting so free after you know two or three hours out there it was getting really cold i would come home and run a whole tub full of hot water and get in and i feel like an ice cube it was really i don't know i wasn't hypothermic maybe but i was it was really so after a few years, I, I couldn't even urinate sometimes. And uh, the doctors can figure out, what is this, you know? So in Ayurveda, you can read about these things. And, you know, they know about the subtle energies in the body and different things. So anyway, that comes from thinking about cold water. It, it helps you wake up in the morning for sure. And it's said that it cleanses the subtle body. That's another thing. Scientists don't know that there's a subtle body. They don't have figured out what the mind and intelligence is yet. But and there's actually a form to the mind has a form. It's a it, it follows the form of our gross body and also the intelligence. And by cold water, using cold water, it cleanses that subtle body. This is what Kirtan Prabhu told me one time. Is that right? This said that. So you know, we want to purify ourselves and uh, we have lots of, you know, nonsense in our minds from long time in this material world. And this is one of the, you know, ways, tricks that we don't know about, we don't hear about. I was never told that's when I was young growing up. I don't think my parents knew anything about that. Christian religion, we're not certain things like this. But in India, the practice is so uh, scientific that these things are there and can help us. Anybody have any comments? I guess we're about finished. I was going to read some more of. There's so many things in the Bible talking about um, this control of sex life, but you know, I guess we're at the end. That was a wonderful class and a really great example about staying on the right side of the road. Yeah. Thinking about yeah. Krishna's statement that uh, 
in the regular principles of freedom. Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, if I'm following the rules, but by doing that, you got to your destination. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you said, oh, I have freedom to go on the, That's a good point. the other side of the road, then you, know, you, you might not make it. Temporarily, but yeah. <laughs> Are you going to get to what you were hoping you would do by getting in your car? <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah, yeah, it is. Thanks. Anybody else? Eight fifty-three. I think the offering is over. So, guess um. I was going to ask, like, how does Shiva? How does he? How does he relate to these, like? Ghosts and goblins. Like, what, what, what does that look like? Like, obviously, yeah, that's, you know, thank you. This pure consciousness, and these, yeah. these, these evil spirits are not. Um, they're disturbed clearly. Mm-hmm. A lot of them have subtle bodies. They have no body. They're frustrated. What does he do for them? Like, what, what kind He's of thinking, interactions are happening? This is the. I don't know a lot about Lord Shiva, and I don't probably understand. He's kind of complicated, you know, but to be almost Vishnu, but not quiet and things. But Srila Prabhupada said that um, um, Lord Shiva is the greatest thinker. And the reason is he's always thinking, how can I save, how can I help these ignorant people become Krishna conscious? So a person thinking like that will do anything sincerely. Even, you know, associate with them, you know, do things that they're... You know, just like a book distributor, they, they're always thinking, how can I get all these really ignorant people to, to just listen for a second and maybe take a book and just be open for a second? What do I have to do? So anything you can think of, you know, and Lord Shiva, and I don't know that that's why he hangs around in a crematorium and looks, you know, has covered with ashes and has all the dreadlocks, but I think it's kind of like Krishna's kindness that he, he creates somebody like this, who is so strong himself that he cannot be, you know, mostly cannot be persuaded by his association with this type of, this ignorance, you know. Lord Brahma says he's like uh, yogurt that's been converted into milk. Yogurt is the same as milk, so he's the same as Lord Vishnu. He's like, yeah. He's like milk converted into yogurt. Yeah. So he's like the yogurt. Yeah. He is milk, like Lord Vishnu. He, but at the same time, once you make yogurt, you, you can't make milk again from the yogurt. So uh, he, he's that way. He's as merciful as Krishna himself, in a way. Mm-hmm. You know. So it's interesting. <clears throat> what you're saying is Shiva has this external appearance that is off-putting for most, mm-hmm. but it's a way for him to be relatable to these people so mm-hmm. that he may be able to reach these people in some way. I don't is know where you're going with this. <laughs> yeah. Is that? Yeah, well, I mean, you could think of it that way. I mean, he, Lord Shiva has other functions too, but I've never heard anybody really go into it like that. I'm just, in my mind, I'm thinking, yeah. oh, Krishna is so kind. He's, he, he wants everyone, of course we know. Krishna wants everyone to have a chance to come back, you know, but he doesn't want to force anyone. He doesn't want to do it in an obvious way. You know, he doesn't want to hit people over the head and say, you have to do that, you have to love me. 
but he so he he makes this you know interesting thing with Lord Shiva, you know. Yeah, I guess it's and like so. A, to me, it's, it's like a testament of you know really understanding that you know his internal state of consciousness uh-huh. and his pure devotion to Krishna. Yeah, is, he's he's fixed on Krishna. So even though you know he might look like this matted haired you know uh-huh. freak he's but actually he's not in indif- I think you might be thinking that Lord Shiva is independently doing certain things no but he is he I'm is actually saying. under the control of Govinda and that's what the, the Brahma Sangita prayers are saying you know Lord Shiva is this he's a he's a gift of, of Govinda and Govinda is controlling what he's doing he's he's making Lord Shiva I just think Krishna is very creative, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, okay. <laughs> he's very... Yeah, we uh, can say that. He's very compassionate. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that compassion is seen in so many different ways. And um, yes. I, just, I think it's, it's beautiful because for me personally, it, it helps me in my preaching too. Like when I think about Shiva, yeah. it helps me want to become more compassionate to someone who is in a situation like that. And be, you know, to be able to reach those people. Like Paul said, I become all things for all so that I may reach some. Mm. I think it was, or something like that. Mm. So in other words, the point is, how can I reach these people? How can I give these people the essence of, of yeah. the thing that can change their life, the, the catalyzing? But we have to be careful because uh, Lord Shiva is pure in a high state, and we're not that level of Lord Shiva. So Lord Shiva can smoke marijuana, and Srila Prabhupada points out to us that you might think, well, I can preach to these people. I'll smoke dope with them. But you, you smoke marijuana and you go to hell. So Lord Shiva doesn't do that. <laughs> but that's the statement I remember from Shiva Prabhupada. Yeah. You know? that's so we have to be careful about what... That's kind of extreme, know. though. Yeah. Well, I'd say that if you want to smoke marijuana like Lord Shiva, then you also have to drink the ocean of poison. Mm. Yeah. So. First. I think most people that like do something like that though they're just trying to justify their sense their their desire for sense gratification it's not so much that they want to preach and reach it's more that they just want to smoke weed (laughs) (laughs) yeah okay we can keep talking on breakfast Alright, he's an interesting guy. I mean, oh, yeah. he's above Thomas, like he says in that book. Shiva is actually God. He is God. Yeah, he's Lord. No, he's, I mean, he's a He's a uh, in it, what is it, a guna avatar? Is that what it is? He's the best of the devotees. But he's not like. No one can just like a normal deva. No, yeah. he's not. 